Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Talk last week. Uh, last week we talked about uh, uh, the the building of the Medina State. Rasulullah was building after he migrated from Mecca to Medina, and uh, he started. He built uh, two masjid first uh, uh, in Quba, and afterwards uh, he built the second masjid, which was Masjid Nabawi in uh, in Medina Munawwara. And that it was the uh, the masjid that, that worked as a headquarter for the Islamic State after Rasulullah migrated from Mecca to Medina. And uh, uh, right after that, Rasulullah uh, created a document which was uh, between the, uh, the Muslims among themselves as well as I, Muslims and... Okay, so then Rasulullah uh, 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 created, did a treaty among the, among the Muslims between Ansar and Muhajireen as well as uh, between the Muslims and the non-Muslims, uh, which included the, the Yahud, the, the, the Jews that were living in Medina and in the surrounding area of the Medina. So we talked about the the uh, the Khuwa the and the Brotherhood that Rasulullah created among the Muslims last week. Uh, so today we'll talk about uh, the the treaty that Rasulullah made uh, or the document that Rasulullah made between the Muslims and the Jews, and uh, <clears throat> the first we have to understand uh, what, uh, what why those documents were written uh, and signed. Uh, so when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam migrated from Makkah to Medina, uh, that is first of all it was, a, it was a completely different scenario now the Muslims were living in now. Here, they had the control of the affairs of the society. And Rasulullah was the ruler over the, the Muslims and the non-Muslims alike. And uh, they, they, he was ruling by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all his actions that he was undertaking at, uh, in Medina, as well, uh, as well as in Mecca as well, but in Medina or when he was ruling, he was a head of the state, he was the ruler over the people. His actions were driven by the ahkam of Allah Azza wa Jal, by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by the wahi. Whether they were his sayings or actions, they're all by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah Azza wa Jal says, That Rasulullah sallallahu he does not say, speak anything from, uh, from his desires. Uh, uh, all, uh, whatever he says, it is from the wahi. Uh, uh, so when he was undertaking the actions of writing those documentations, uh, first there's a purpose behind it, but at the same time, uh, all the documentation or the treaties that were signed by Rasulullah, they were signed by the directed by the wahi, meaning it is uh, he was he was still doing all those things within the parameter of the ahkam of Allah. Now, the purpose of uh, those treaties, whether to create the brotherhood among the Muslims and, uh, uh, and, uh, and, and uh, making the treaty with the Jews, it was to, first of all, to, 
to build the state to have uh, have solid foundation there. Uh, second, to uh, back off any kind of a threat that this newly formed uh, uh, Islamic society, uh, or, which was in Medina or Islamic State, that has uh, that has the uh, that, that that can defend itself and it can continue to do the dawah of Islam, uh, not limit to Medina, rather to take that message to the rest of the Arabian Peninsula first, and then to the rest of the world as well. So uh, when we look at from that perspective, because that's the purpose of Rasulullah being sent as a messenger. He was a messenger that was sent for this purpose. And that purpose continues on to the Muslimin. As Allah says, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has sent Rasulullah with uh, the with the guidance with the with the deen of truth so so this deen prevails this way of life which is from allah azzawajal, this way of life prevails over all other ways of life even though the mushrikeen they will detest it now uh, or they will dislike it now here uh, in the ayah when allah azzawajal says so here, means that so it will, so that's the purpose of the previous part of the ayah, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent with guidance and the deen of truth. So this deen prevails. So now this is the illah, this is the reasoning of sending Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as the messenger. And from other ayat, from the other part of the, the, the wahi, the, the, whether from the Quran or whether from the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it can be uh, extracted that, that the, the, the purpose that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was sent with, now that purpose has been uh, transferred to the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which is us. Now, which means is, uh, because of there is no prophet after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and now this has to be taken by us. Now, uh, after uh, creating the, the, this uh, background, uh, I want to proceed with uh, the issue of uh, uh, Rasulullah signed uh, the document with the, uh, with the Yahud, uh, which were some of them were in Medina and others were in the surrounding area of the Medina. Now, when uh, uh, Rasulullah was uh, making this, uh, uh, this treaty, uh, there was still a threat from the, from the Kuffar of, uh, of the Makkah. Uh, and Rasulullah will make sure that that the place he is in in Medina, that is uh, well protected, that's safe, and uh, they will be able to defend. And this is what we have to learn, inshallah, uh, in the future when Islam comes back and rule over the people. We have to learn a lot of lessons can be extracted from the very same or the seer of Rasulullah Now, uh, in Medina. Uh, when we look at uh, the geographical uh, position of the Medina, we find that uh, they were the, the closest people uh, to Medina were the Jews, uh, and they were uh, in general they they, they came from uh, the other parts of the Sham. They were not the original residents of the Medina, but uh, because of the hardship that they were going through, they came to Medina, and while they were living in they continue to kept their 
uh, the, the, the uniqueness, the distinguished status of Jews, uh, even though they learned the language and uh, they were even uh, they dressed like uh, the Arabs also, they were speaking Arabic, but they continue to have their unique uh, uh, status or unique uh, uh, uniqueness uh, among, the, uh, among the Arabs. And not only that, they were unique among them, uh, besides that, they were also, uh, they used to look down at the Arabs. They used to think of them, they were better than the Arabs. Uh, and they had some hostility uh, against Rasulullah wasallam because they were aware of the Prophet will be sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But uh, they were hoping the Prophet will be from them and they had hostility towards Rasulullah wasallam that he was Arab. Uh, not all the Jews, of course. They were uh, Jews that uh, who became Muslim, and they were at the forefront of uh, uh, among the Muslims. Now, uh, the ones uh, uh, who continue to live there and did not even become Muslim, uh, in general, at least from the uh, from the appearance, they did not show. Uh, uh, they not they, they showed not not the least resistance, nor, nor the slightest animosity. Meaning. Uh, they did have evil intentions, uh, but they did not show it. Uh, this is why Rasulullah he made the treaty with them, but made sure there were uh, uh, there were uh, there were uh, articles in the treaty that will take care of any of those animosities. Meaning, if they show any of that, that will be taken care of. Now, the treaty that Rasulullah made with. Uh, which was part of the same uh, document that the Muslims were also, Jews were to uh, sign that document from their part. Um, so the Jews who, uh, Rasulullah actually considered them the one who were part of uh, the Medina is among them. He said that they will be part of, the, they are part of the Islamic State or they were the part of their citizen like the Muslims. But with uh, clarity that they will profess as, as their religion as Jews and Muslims will be very clearly uniquely different ummah uh, as Muslims. Now, among them, there were many tribes, and I'm, I'm, uh, there are actually, in uh, Ibn Hisham, he goes about like, I think about like 30 different articles he has mentioned about when it comes to this uh, treaty. And I'm, gonna just, uh, I'm going to summarize them. Uh, some of them we have already talked about, which is, uh, uh, which were about uh, the Muslimin last week, and actually Ibn Hisham, I'm looking at it, and it has about 37. Uh, articles now <clears throat> so that if we summarize it you see that the the treaty points were that uh, you shall be responsible for the expenditure and the Muslims for their own now uh, among them was Banu, Banu Auf, but besides Banu Auf, uh, the one who will be part of they will be citizens of the Islamic State uh, there were other tribes who were Jews also that included uh, I mean a Jews or a uh, 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 non-Muslim tribes also uh, that include uh, Banu Najjar, Banu Al-Harith. So this is about the Jews actually, and uh, Banu Thalaba, Banu Jusham, Banu Aus, and Banu Thalaba. So uh, uh, so some of them are uh, actually non-Muslims, and the Jews, uh, the, some of the tribes that had some non-Muslims as well. Now Banu Thalaba, these are the ones who signed the treaty. But uh, besides them, Banu Quraida, Banu Nadir, and Banu Qainuqa, they signed that same treaty. Uh, 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 a little bit later. Uh, among the, the main points of the treaty was if they are attacked by a third party, each shall come to the assistance of the other. Meaning, if 
uh, if the Muslims are attacked, then the, the Jews will be helping the, the Muslims. And if the Jews are attacked, Muslims will help them as well. And uh, each party shall hold counsel with, uh, with the other. Uh, mutual relations shall be founded on righteousness. Sin is totally excluded. So now, here, when it comes to sin, of course, uh, the sin is defined by the command of Allah Azza wa Jal here. Uh, we're not talking about the personal uh, personal rules that are uh, that, the, that the individuals or the people uh, of different religion can practice within uh, their personal life. Uh, so, but when it comes to public life, uh, the sin is uh, uh, it will be defined. It will be by righteousness and sin in total, uh, totally exclusion. Now, of course, uh, even in personal life, also there are things which are coming from their religion are allowed. It's not that they can do any kind of a sin they want in their personal life. Okay, besides that, neither shall commit sins to the uh, prejudice of the other. Uh, the wrong party shall be aided. Now here, see the wrong party, meaning even if, uh, uh, if a Muslim, if a non-Muslim has been wronged, meaning if a Jew has been wronged, his right has been taken care of, then Muslims will help the one who has been wronged. And it could be a Muslim who has done the wrong to a Jew. Uh, and we have many ins uh, instances in the seerah of Rasulullah and uh, the Khulfai Rashidin where we can see how they took care of the affairs of the Muslims and non-Muslims alike when, while they were living under the laws of Allah Azza wa Jal. <clears throat> and inshallah, uh, actually I can give a couple of examples now. Uh, like uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has, uh, has mentioned about, uh, about, the, about the judiciary. Uh, in case of uh, non-Muslim, for example, a hidimma, uh, he has been, that is a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that says that diya, blood money of a Jews and a Christian is like the Muslims' diya. So diya is uh, uh, the blood money that, uh, uh, for example, if somebody... One of the examples is like if somebody has killed somebody by mistake. In the case of a mistake, somebody is killed, then uh, the blood money can be taken from the person who has uh, killed the other person by mistake. So in that case, whether the one who has been uh, uh, killed is a Jew or a Muslim, it will be the same. doesn't make any difference. And uh, the hadith of Rasulullah says that Rasulullah said uh, that uh, uh, the mess that Messenger of Allah uh, said that a, a Muslim for, uh, killed a Muslim for a Mu'ahid uh, and said, I am the most noble of those who fulfill their dhimma. Dhimma means the responsibility. Uh, and uh, there's, uh, just to make that point clear, there's another hadith of Rasulullah that says, Man qatala mu'ahidan lahu dhimma. Dhimmatullah wa dhimmatu rasuli lam yarah ra'iha tal jannah. The meaning of the hadith is whoever kills a mu'ahid or the one who is under the protection of Allah and his messenger or the one who is under the contract, a covenant, uh, uh, and will, he will not, of course talking about unjustly, will not smell the fragrance of the paradise, even though its fragrance may be detected from a distance of 70 years. Uh, so that's, that, that's the justice that Islam provides. Uh, when it's talking about the wrong party shall be aided. If somebody is hurt, somebody is killed uh, unjustly, then it doesn't matter as a Muslim or non-Muslim, his 
rights will be given to him. Uh, other points of uh, uh, the important points of that contract was the Jews shall contribute to the cost of war so long as they are fighting alongside the believers. So if they are fighting along with the Muslims, then they will be also sharing the burden of the of the war. Now, <clears throat> Medina shall remain sacred and inviolable for all that joins this treaty. Um, uh, also, should, should any disagreement arise between the signatories to the treaty, treaty then Allah, uh, uh, Allah, the Allah, Allah Azza wa and His Messenger Sallallahu shall settle the dispute. And that's the key point that we should not forget. Even when uh, we take care of the affairs of Muslims and non-Muslims alike, in either case, uh, the matter has to be decided according to the commands of Allah Azza wa Jal. And uh, in any case, if there any kind of a differences or disagreement arises, everything has to be taken back to the Quran and the Sunnah. Even when you are, when they are following the, this uh, this uh, uh, document, and there's some differences uh, uh, rise up, then they have to be taken back to Allah and His Messenger. In this case, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was among them. So he's the one who was making decisions anyways. Okay, uh, the signatories to this treaty shall boycott Quraysh commercially. They shall also abstain from extending any support to them. So this point is very important. If we, uh, if we know the, the situation the Muslims were in and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he left uh, Mecca to Medina and there were a lot of animosity that existed among the Quraysh and they were still... Uh, planning and plotting to, uh, to to go against Rasulullah and to fight Rasulullah and to somehow uh, eradicate the Muslims and Islam at, uh, in general. So this this part of the treaty was giving a protection uh, for Rasulullah for any kind of inside appraisal can happen. So at least they are under that uh, the, the treaty, and if they break the treaty, of course, and they did later on, we will see that. Uh, when they, they, they broke the treaty, they were dealt with because they broke the treaty. Otherwise, Islam was continuously uh, uh, protecting them, uh, and uh, that's what the, the command of Allah Subhanahu wa is for us. That when we are living in the situation, if we are have, we are the one Muslim, we are the one who are ruling, and the non-Muslims are living under Islam, their rights have to be protected, preserved, uh, no matter their minority or majority. That doesn't matter. Islam does not come, and the rules do not change because uh, somebody is in, uh, is in lesser number than the other. Okay. Uh, uh, other points uh, which were important in that treaty was each shall contribute to defending Medina in case of foreign attack in its respective area. So whichever, uh, wherever they are attacked, then they will be defending each other. As uh, previous one, previous part of the treaty also mentioned, this is very explicit in that sense. This treaty shall not hinder either party from seeking lawful revenge. So uh, anything lawful which is allowed in Islam, that will continue to be allowed. <clears throat> now, having said that, uh, there are a few points that now I want to talk about uh, besides uh, what we have mentioned here. So now here Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was uh, the sultan, was the ruler for the hakim over both Muslims, uh, actually all the people of Medina, Muslims, non-Muslims, uh, mushrikeen I mean, or the Yahud. 
uh, and also there was uh, there's a category of people among the people of Medina which are referred as the Munafiqeen. They were there as well. But Munafiqeen, even though they are uh, the Kuffar, but apparently they are Muslims, so they have to be treated as Muslims. Uh, even though Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was a messenger of Allah and he was told who among the people of Medina were Munafiqeen and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam continued to uh, to rule over them as if they are Muslims because uh, we have to make the judgments based on what the apparent is. We cannot make judgments based on what's in the hearts of the people. And this is what Rasulullah taught us uh, how to deal with them. Of course, because Rasulullah was already warned about that, uh, so he, uh, he is careful about how to deal with them. But when it comes to uh, the, the judicial system that is applied on them, any other kind of systems of Islam are applied on them, you have to treat those people as Muslims. Unless if uh, the kufr of them is apparent, then you will treat them as kufr. Uh, so now, uh, what is the main idea that I want, inshallah, for us to take away from this part of the seerah? Uh, one of the most important part of uh, this part of the seerah is and we'll, which, will, which will continue on until uh, uh, the end of the seerah or, or when we talk about passing away of Rasulullah as well. Which is, we learn from the Medina part of the life that how Rasulullah implemented the, implemented the commands of Allah. Similarly, as we learned from the Meccan life when we talked about for past five months or so about the Meccan life where we learned how Rasulullah moved from the place where the kufr was implemented and he moved from a, a, a place where there was no Islam and he took certain actions to get to the point where he was implementing the commands of Allah Azawajal. Similarly, when we talk about the Medina state, we have the Medina part of the life of Rasulullah we also have to under, pay attention to it, that how Rasulullah was ruling over the people. And those rules have to be, uh, they, those rules have to be looked into uh, from the perspective of those rules are given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was uh, not, uh, not ruling by anything but what Allah has revealed over him. Okay, and when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was ruling over them and when he was writing these treaties or uh, uh, any kind of action he was undertaking, he, he, he was a messenger of Allah. He is not the one who is acting as a mushtahid. Sometimes people uh, mistakenly talk about Rasulullah as if he was a mushtahid and he was doing a ishtihad on the ahkam of Allah Azza wa Jal. He is a messenger. He is not extracting rulings thinking of he may be right, may be wrong. No, he is a messenger and he, uh, he, 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 does not, he did not make any mistake in conveying the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there is a beauty of uh, Medina life that we will learn from here that how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed or continue to reveal from Makkah life to Medina life, the Quran was revealed in, uh, in parts and bits according to the situation the Muslims were in. And whenever any kind of a new situation came up, Muslims waited until the hukum of Allah came. Either Rasulullah made a judgment and he told them what is the ruling of the specific, uh, in a specific situation or specific uh, uh, action that has to be take, undertaken, 
either they waited until the rule of Allah was revealed or Rasulullah already had the wahi from Allah and he passed the judgment based on that. So uh, the reason I am bringing this up is when we talk about this treaty of, uh, uh, with the Jews or uh, when we talk about even uh, the treaty of Hudaybiyah later on also, uh, many times we find that uh, people uh, miss, uh, kind of a mismatch the realities. Meaning, here Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is, uh, is a ruler and he is making treaties in which even within, when it comes to the, this, this is not really a treaty, it's more of a document that was written, um, maybe using the incorrect terminology here, it's the mithaq uh, that, was, uh, that was used. Uh, 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 but that was more about, uh, uh, about running the state affairs here. Even when he was making the treaties outside, so he is the head of the state making all these documents or treaties or, uh, uh, or sulh. So uh, in those cases, he is the head of the state. He is not just part of some group or some individual Muslims and they are making uh, different kinds of treaties. Like for example, when it comes to uh, Palestine and uh, uh, there are many Muslims, we find them as they're, they're, they're up for making treaties with the Jews. That's not the treaty that we can compare with what Rasulullah was here. He was the head of the state here. And he is, has the com complete command. Even the one who were uh, signing up this document, even from the Jews, they were, they, they had to go back to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for all the affairs, uh, life affairs that they were living with also. Um, and the uh, other part of that is Islam is the, uh, Islam is the only religion actually and system of life that we find how it allows the all kinds of religion to live in peace and harmony and get equal status. We can see that in the world today. For example, uh, what is happening in India, the, the, the world biggest uh, democracy today is talking about kicking out 250 million Muslims out of, their, uh, out, of, out of their land, where they were born. They were living there for centuries. But now they have to prove their uh, citizenship over there, for example. Or similar things happen in, in Muslim uh, uh, of Rohingya background. Uh, so either they are forced to leave or they are forced to leave their, uh, their religion. In the case of Islam, what we find is this. Islam not only allows them to live uh, within the Muslims, uh, with the Muslims, uh, but also give uh, uh, the rights uh, as the rights were given to the Muslims. In in some of the cases, uh, there, there are some historians. They have miscoded uh, or misunderstood Islamic taxation system, and they uh, they try to show as if the Muslims were the one who were uh, taxing the non-Muslims, uh, uh, so the, these people will leave. Uh, their religion and uh, come into the folds of Islam. It is, uh, it is a very uh, incorrect kind of a ju judgment or, or conclusion made by them. As a matter of fact, if we, if we look at the, the system of Islam, we find that not only that, uh, uh, not, not only they were given all sorts of protection, plus even the jizya tax that um, uh, Islam does apply, on the people who are non-Muslims and they are living within the Islamic State, so they get the protection from the state. That jizya amount is a, very, is a much smaller amount 
of a taxation compared to the zakat that Muslims in general have to pay. Because Muslims have to pay about 2.5% of the zakat on the money which, is, which exceeds a nisab. Uh, and of course, not all the Muslims, but the ones who are, have enough money. Now, that comes, when it comes to the uh, non-Muslims, some of the numbers uh, that uh, I, I found, they talk about the jizya that was taken by, uh, by for example, in the time of uh, Umar bin Khattab, uh, that talks about in Egypt and uh, Asham, uh, there was actually different categories of amount, uh, different amount of jizya was applied to different categories, uh, financial categories of the people. For example, the, the rich among them, they, were, they had to give four dinar gold. Four dinars, which is which are gold coins of about uh, each 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 coin weighs 4.25 grams, and in today's time, the, uh, uh, money is about 800 dollars or eight 900 dollars or so. And the one who was middle class, eight and 900 dollars for the whole year. We're not talking about any of the taxes here. Uh, uh, middle class pays about two dinar. That was about 400 dollars, um, uh, 400 450 dollars. And work uh, the regular worker class was they had to pay, uh, pay one dinar. And that was about 4.25 dinar. Okay, so that's one example. But besides that example, if, uh, uh, if there was somebody among them, they are not able to give the jizya, then in that case, actually, state was taking care of them as well. So this is the way Islam actually takes care of even non-Muslims. Uh, yes, the very same thing applies to the Muslims as well. If a Muslim cannot take care of himself, then the state will come in and take care of them. But this jizya part is not is, is very irrelevant compared to today's taxes that we pay. Uh, sometimes uh, before you even get your paycheck, 25-30% of your money is gone. It depends on your uh, uh, status. And then on everything afterwards what you do, you buy, you sell, there's a sales tax, there's a, there's a house tax, there's a car tax, there's all sorts of tax. You're driving, there, you pay tolls and all that. You realize that whatever your paycheck is, probably 50% goes away in taxes. That's the reality of the current system. While in Islam, that's the only tax we're talking about. And uh, on non-Muslims, uh, when it comes to Muslims, in some cases, Muslims actually have to pay some other kinds of taxes. In general, there is no tax in Islam. Zakat is not really a tax. We're just using the term as, zakat, uh, as a tax. Zakat is a part of the ibadah that the Muslims do. Because non-Muslims are, uh, are they're not Muslims, so they don't have to do the ibadah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has obliged on the, non uh, on, on the Muslims. Uh, so uh, having said that, just want to make sure that we understand that Islam is the one that really uh, put uh, things in context about how people from different religions, they can live under Islam. Uh, while, uh, and uh, other religions, we can find many examples. Muslims are the one who were actually, there was a genocide of Muslims that happened in, in Spain. Uh, and, and many of the Jews, they have ran away from many places. Even when Rasulullah came to Medina, the people who came to, the Jews came to Medina, they ran away from the oppression uh, in, in Byzantine Empire. So now here, in, uh, and they, later on, uh, the, many of the Jews, they came and lived under Islamic State because they were, uh, they were persecuted in many places. And Muslims were persecuted in many places in the past and even today, and, uh, and different many minorities have been persecuted. So Islam is the one, only religion, only system of life the, that applies the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comprehensively and provides justice to all Muslims and Muslims alike. So inshallah, uh, I'll stop uh, today's uh, talk here and uh, uh, 
next week, inshallah, we'll start talking about the different uh, uh, the battles that happened in the time of Rasulullah in Medina time. So I'll stop here, and if there is any questions or comments, inshallah, I will try to uh, answer if I can. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.